Hello and hi, welcome to another Slice of Sci-Fi. I'm Summer Brooks and we are here today with screenwriter, author, and teacher, Paul Salamoff, who's here today to talk about some of his latest projects, uh, including some new graphic novels that are out and about. And uh, let me get him talk a little bit about his, uh, his, his books about working on film sets and about teaching screenwriters to other uh, eager, eager young, young folks like myself who still think that we can get a screenplay sold. Hi, Paul. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Summer. I, I mean, like, you know, it should be said too that I am still a working screenwriter and director and producer, <laughs> also. So, uh, yeah. Thanks for having me back. It's always, always lovely to be on Slice of Sci-Fi. I we have we have fun. We always have fun. But you've got uh, you've got some new graphic novels that are out. Some new. You've got a a, a film that came out recently as well. Yeah, well, my, my film, well, my film encounter actually came out in uh, 2019, but it, it won the the Saturn Award for best independent film, um, you know, that year, which is really exciting. And yeah, no, I've got some uh, uh, new film projects, uh, you know, on in the works right now for uh, both writing and and directing. So you know, knock on wood. Hopefully, we'll be lensing my second film, you know, before the end of this year, which would be really lovely. Excellent, excellent. So, what shall we talk about first? Should we talk about hired guns? Sure. Okay. okay. <laughs> right, right, hired, right. hired, hired guns is a a new graphic novel about uh, people committing mayhem. I will just leave it at that and let uh, let Paul <laughs> Paul go into details. Well, it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, it's like you know, hired guns. I always like pitch it to people as um, you know, it's like imagine if. Um, you know, James Bond went rogue, who would you send after him? So the, the sort of the premise, uh, the premise of hired guns is this uh, CIA agent who's sort of been put, um, you know, sort of put out to pasture, uh, sort of put behind a desk because they sort of blame him for a lot that went wrong with 9-11. He's been stewing behind his desk for years and he decides to create an international incident and go rogue, um, which could spark a new world war. So, um, they put they put together this team of the people who like sort of knew him best this uh to sort of take him down and it's a sort of you know team that's made up of um you know people who you know knew him intimately people who like worked with him and also includes his sort of arch nemesis who's now you know sort of um you know working for the good guys so uh that's the the hired guns team uh and they're trying to stop a new a new world war from uh from happening so really crazy, like action, action thriller, espionage kind of kind of story. Well, that 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 sounds like fun. Talk about uh, writing that and and finding the right artist to get your vision across. Yeah, anyway. Um, so you know, we sort of talked about on on your other channel. We were talking about sort of adaptations and so forth. And actually, this um, hired guns actually started its life as a screenplay for a big action franchise that uh the, the it never happened they they never made uh never made the the movie um but i always loved you know i loved the story and it was because it was you know it was also my story that i came up with so i got um you know the blessings from the production company um you know that it was my idea so i just sort of changed the name sort of you know removed anything that sort of 
connected it to that franchise and um, wrote a screenplay called Hired Guns that actually ironically then got me a lot of like studio meetings as a screenwriter. Um, but I was able to set, uh, set it up as a graphic novel. And, um, you know, like I said, the, the hardcover edition came out in uh, December and the softcover edition just came out a couple of weeks ago. And um, yeah, and, and, and it's really um, my, my artist on it, uh, 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 Anna uh, Rivera, she's, she's this incredible artist. Um, it doesn't look a lot of like fine art prints and stuff like that. But it always wanted to do comic books, and she had, you know, she was working on her comic book style, and I really loved what she had, and she was, you know, hungry to really, you know, um, you know, so so what so uh, show what she could do. So we uh, teamed up for uh, for hired guns, and I'm really thrilled with uh, the art she did for the book. Are there any more hired guns volumes planned? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is uh, the. You know, the, this is sort of like the origin story of, of the team. So it's sort of, you know, by the end of the story, they've now really come together as a coherent team and uh, you're sort of ready for the, the next adventures. So to answer your question, yes, um, uh, this is uh, just the beginning of, of a planned series of, of different, uh, different stories with this, with this group. That makes me happy. It really does. I, I, I love action adventure, uh, graphic novels, comic stories, and that, that one sounds right, right up my alley. What, what else do you have on your, on your drawing board, uh, as far as <laughs> stories people can, can see in, in graphic form? Well, um, my, uh, first novel just came out called the silent planet, which I, I did with, um, Orrin Nichols, another uh, author, Orrin Nichols, and we're also simultaneously working on the graphic novel, which is just uh, getting started right now. Um, and uh, the my art, artist, uh, Miguel George, who I'd worked with on um, uh, Tales of Discord, my I have a graphic novel series called Discord, and uh, Tales of Discord was the prequel series, which... Um, uh, it featured a bunch of different artists, and I met Miguel working on that. He did a, a really great, um, one of the uh, great stories in this uh, for my character, the uh, character Sinew, and I really love his art. So uh, he seemed like perfect for Silent Planet. So he's been designing all the creatures and all the monsters and the spaceships, and he's actually just designing um, all the characters um, as, as we speak. So we're going to be jumping into the actual book, um, within like within the month, you know, he's going to start drawing it. So, uh, very excited about that because it really lends itself to his art. And I really love working with him. Given what he did on Tales of Discord, I am now intensely curious, uh, mm -hmm. to see what he does with the, uh, the creatures, the inhabitants mm -hmm. of 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 Prime of uh, the planet in Silent Planet. I'm yeah. I'm now intensely curious. Yeah, he's I really love uh, I love his designs and I really love working with Miguel. He's really he's a lot of fun to work with, and uh, he's just he's just as an artist. I mean, even since Tales of Discord, I mean, he's just gotten even better and better. And it's like, I mean, he was already great in Tales of Discord. He's gotten better and better. I'm so excited 
to have him really start, you know, in earnest. But, you know, like we, it's always great to just start with a design process and really make sure that we're building the world properly so you can just sort of dive, you know, dive right in. And the scripts are already um, written for at least the first four uh, issues of, uh, of The Silent Planet for the comic book. Nice, nice. So do you have anything that might be in in line to go into production uh, film-wise? Well, I mean, it's always like, I'm always spinning a lot of plates. Unfortunately, I was actually up to direct uh, a couple of films um, at the end of last year, beginning of this year, but for whatever reason, they did not happen. And, you know, it's always frustrated, frustrating, but I've been in the film industry for, I think it's my 34th year at this point, um, you know, in the film industry. So sort of get used to it. I mean, that's the whole thing is like, I, I'm very good about, cause I'm a, I'm a creative, you know what I mean? And I'm a storyteller. So as long as I'm doing stuff that, you know, is exciting for me and, and you know, keeps those creative juices flowing, I'm happy. So, you know, like right now, you know, I am focusing on some film projects um, and there's some really excitement for uh, something I wrote that I'm not directing um, that we have a really great director attached to it. Um, uh, but that's in the, it's, it's, it's like a coming of age sports drama, <laughs> which is really, you know, a lot of people are like, why would you write that? Cause I'm a storyteller. I like, it's, to me, it's about characters and it's about, you know, interesting stories. And even though I'm sort of known as sort of a horror sci-fi guy, I write comedies, I write action, I write thriller, I've written a number of dramas and, you know, I've even written a couple of sports dramas and it's just, to me, it's just as long as the the, the story is interesting to me, then um, you know it's something I can enjoy. You know, really get my you know hands in and enjoy writing this. So this is a project I'm very um, very proud of that we have an incredible team. I don't want to go too much into it, but it's based off a true story that we have the life rights to, and um, it's got some really talented individuals already you know already on board, and it's a, a bigger budget film. So uh, we'll see what happens. It's out to a lot of different production companies right now, you know, and then get some other stuff to drink. So, you know, not, I never, I don't like really like to talk about stuff until it's real sometimes. That's why it's a lot easier to talk about things like Hired Guns and Silent Planet, which, you know, are, you know, exist and you can, you know, check them out. And um, so, yeah, so that's, that's what's keeping me busy is just continuing to write screenplays, continuing to write novels. I actually just got hired to write an essay in an upcoming Doctor Who book, which I'm very excited about. Um, and um, yeah, it's just this so much fun stuff to be working on constantly. So, you know, whatever happens, happens. Learn to sort of go with the flow. Talk a little bit about your your connection to Doctor Who and some of the collectibles you have managed to acquire <laughs> yeah, <laughs> over so the years. Yeah, I've been obsessed with uh, Doctor Who since I was a little kid, probably like six years old. Um, I grew up on the East Coast in uh, a town called Natick, Massachusetts. So, you know, right side, like 20 minutes outside of Boston. And we had on WGBH on uh, Channel 2, uh, you know, they would show the, the Tom Baker Doctor Who. And I would sort of become, I got so obsessed with it. And, and Doctor Who was something, you know, in my childhood that was like, you know, up there with Star Wars and Star Trek and, and so forth. And... Uh, I've just been so fortunate 
to have sort of become a part of the Doctor Who community. And I have a lot of friends, like a lot of the actors and uh, producers and writers on the show. Um, and I was fortunate enough to uh, get the 1996 TARDIS console from the Paul McGann TV movie, the one that was shot in Vancouver, uh, is sitting over there in my office. <laughs> I know I'm pointing to something, but I'm sure we can get some pictures that Summer can put on the... Uh, on, on the webcast, but um, yeah, and I, so I have the, um, I'm, I actually own the, the TARDIS console and I do conventions with it. It's the only one in the United States. It's one of the last remaining um, uh, classic TARDIS consoles and uh, it's been lov lovingly refurbished by me and uh, uh, my friends, uh, Bob Mitch and Brian Wiega. Um, and uh, it's next to my Dalek that I built and uh, my Zygon and my Morbius. So if those names mean something to you, then you're a real good Doctor Who fan. But my office is really, you know, tons of Doctor Who stuff. Uh, it's it's just something. And, you know, I was fortunate to write an audio adventure for Big Finish, um, a short story for them, and also a Doctor Who comic book about a bio comic book and, um, and have been in some... Um, you know, different books. And like I said, I just got hired to write an essay on an upcoming Doctor Who book um, that uh, will be announced soon. And and you ran a panel at a recent Gallifrey, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, uh, so I've been going to the Gallifrey One, uh, Sean Lyons Gallifrey One uh, Doctor Who convention, which has been you know going on for years at the, the Marriott, the LAX Marriott uh, at the beginning of the year. And yeah, it was just, um, I interviewed uh, Chris Chibnall and uh, who's a so, you know, the, the, the last producer of Doctor Who, and as well as, um, I think it was the, the, art, the art director, production designer, and uh, two of the directors, um, as well as Matthew Jacobs, who uh, just did the incredible documentary, uh, Doctor Who Am I, uh, which is uh, out now, which is a really great documentary uh, about uh, his experience writing the Doctor Who TV movie. And uh, I'm in that as well, <laughs> which is cool. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was really exciting on the main stage to interview, um, you know, these Doctor Who luminaries. Because uh, I did um, film moderating a lot uh, over the years, um, especially when I was involved with the Sci-Fi Academy uh, in my younger days. So uh, it's something I, I still enjoy, interviewing people on stage. So that was very exciting. I was like, wow, I'm interviewing the producer of Doctor Who. <laughs> That's great. You get to you get to play in in the the sandbox that you fell in love with as a kid. That's yeah. You know, that literally is every geek's dream. It, it really is, and, and you know it's not lost on me. I mean, that's the the one thing. It's like that's the one thing that people really do understand. It's like that TARDIS console couldn't have gotten in better hands because. I know what the significance of it. I know what it means. I know what it means to the fans. And even before I started taking it to conventions, like I've taken it to Long Island. I've taken it to Texas. I've taken it to San Diego. Um, I, I, I would allow people to come over to my place and, and see it and, and touch it and play with it and, and, and whatever, you know, because, you know, I know what it means and, and it's great. I've had some really amazing people over here. Like Sylvester McCoy has been here and, and, um, uh, all the people like No Clark and uh, Daphne Ashbrook and uh, Fraser Hines, um, you know, a lot of you know Doctor Who celebrities have you know come over here uh, to you know hang with the TARDIS, you know, if we're not doing like conventions together, which is really great. So you know, 
having been a young child and being obsessed with the show and something that, because I grew up in a big sports, Natick, Massachusetts was a huge sports community and Doug Flutie Heisman Trophy winner came from my high school. And, you know, it's like, if you weren't into sports, you were like a nobody. And, and, you know, for me, it was science fiction. It was like seeing Star Wars um, and, you know, in, in Doctor Who, these were the things that I loved. So to now be part of that community and to really have real friendships with, with um, you know, people actively involved in the show and, and, and just being involved in it in a very uh, peripheral way is, is it's a dream come true. I mean, it's a dream come true. It really is. Uh, let's talk about your your book on the set and the <laughs> yes, on the set. Your your collection of essays on, I guess, being a working production staffer. Well, know. yeah, it, it, the idea of it is um, so the the fourth edition. Uh, it's now in its fourth edition, and it's used in film schools uh, around the world. And um, the idea is it, it, it really sort of demystifies the film sets. So it, it basically, the idea is it takes each department and it gives you like an overview of the department, who's in the department, what they do, um, the rules of etiquette for each department, uh, which is something I sort of learned the, the hard way over the years. <laughs> and uh, then it has um, uh, interviews with, um, you know, over 90 people, you know, working professionals in the industry. And it includes people like James Gunn and Wes Craven and Gail Ann Hurd and uh, Lynn Shea and Doug Jones and Newmeyer, Patrick Dutopoulos, Greg Nicotero. I mean, you, you name it. It's like a who's who of, um, you know, people in each department and sort of talking about, you know, their journey to how they got to where they are. Um, and sort of their, their experiences, you know, working on, on film sets. And it was just something, because I started my career as a makeup effects artist. I did that for 14 years, and I worked on over 40 films and TV shows. And it, it was really the understanding that, you know, even though I was doing makeup effects and I was, you know, show up on set and so forth and, you know, do these things or sometimes puppeteer, I really had to understand what every other department was doing. And... Um, you know, to be able to do my job properly. And then, you know, this translated later on to me being an actual producer and being an executive. I was vice president of production for Bold Films um, for a little bit. Um, and, um, you know, you just want, as a producer, the, the, the one thing you don't want to do is waste time and you don't want to waste time in your set because time is money. And the more your crew works as a cohere, you know, cohesive unit, the better, you know, in theory, the better things are going to work out and, and the more efficiently you can make your film. And and I'm, I'm just a big advocate anyways of film sets being like a family and everybody is treated well and respected and you really should respect the job that the other departments are doing and to work, you know, uh, you know like I said, co cohesively with them. Um, and a lot of times people just get so fixated on their own departments and that's not that's not good for a film set. Well, you said uh, that this book is actually used in film schools, but you also teach. Talk yeah. a little bit about that. Yeah, so about um, for the last four years, I, I used to like guest lecture at um, um, you know different schools, um, and then about four years ago, I got uh, invited to um, teach uh, screenwriting um, as well as writing comic books and graphic novels and, and stuff like that at the New York Film Academy. Um, so they have um, uh, a campus here in, uh, in, lucky for me, in Burbank, California, where I live. And um, so but I, I teach classes 
sometimes online, especially during the uh, pandemic, but also, you know, on campus. And um, yeah, primarily about writing screenplays. Um, but, you know, I teach classes on like where ideas come come from and like developing ideas or, you know, writing graphic novels or genre studies. Like, I mean, obviously a huge film fan. So, uh, you know, I've taught classes on literally discussing each genre and the notable films in the genre. So, um, yeah, it's really, it's really, I, I love it. It's something I do on the side, um, but it's something I really enjoy because I've always felt that it's important to have mentors in life and it's important to, to you know, give back because I wouldn't be where I am if I didn't have people, you know, helping me out over the years. So it's it's something that I take a lot of pride in doing. And like I said, I've, I've been doing it for 40 years and, um, you know, it's just something, like, like I said, I do on the side, but I always sort of make time for it. And I really... Yeah, I really care about my students and I really want them to succeed and learn from my experiences and just have, you know, th there's so much joy can be involved with, you know, with working in this industry. And you know, like I said, I'm at, you know, how many years, they say like 34 years in and, I, and I'm like one of the most unjaded people, you know, you'll meet in this industry. And trust me, I've, <laughs> I've had moments, I've had moments, but, uh, it's still something I love and I want, and I want my students to really, you know, get off on, you know, uh, you know, get started on the right foot in their, in their, uh, and explain that it's really more about the journey that you go on and, and learning how to fall in love with that journey. Do you actually help them with uh, how to, to visualize their stories better to write them and oh, yeah. how to, how to navigate the ever changing industry? I mean, the, the industry has changed a lot. Mm -hmm. just just in the past five years uh yeah well, with i always i always try to give because because i'm an actually i'm an actual working screenwriter and director that when i find we have like you know like free time maybe at the end of class or you know or or, or whatever I'll, I'll sort of tell them experiences that i'm having so they get they really understand you know like it, as much as possible sort of demystifying it for them and tell them when i have like pitch meetings or or, you know, or so forth, or like my experiences with trying to get projects off the ground and some successful, some not so successful, and like why things happen and why things don't happen. And, you know, a lot of it is is also luck. I mean, that's the weird thing is that luck plays a really important factor in your, you know, in your career. But I, I, I have the philosophy that you can sort of make your own luck. And it, you want to just position yourself where you're in a situation where when, you know, things are happening that you're one of the the people they think of that, you know, people make the, make the, um, you know, you always hear this, the saying, it's like, Oh, it's who, you know, right. Well, first of all, I didn't know anybody when I came out here. I, you know, I grew up on the East coast. I didn't know anybody in the film industry. It's not, it's not who, you know, it's who knows you. That's really what it is. It's who knows you. And you want to make sure that you've sort of created these, um, you know, relationships with the gatekeepers that they they think highly of you and in you're you're somebody who comes to mind when they have projects that you might be good for that you want to be on the tip of their brain and that's that's what's really important and it but it's also not losing you know um who you are as a creative you know it's you, you got to find your voice and you got to um you know nurture that and you have to you know believe in yourself because if you don't believe in your if you don't believe in yourself who you know there's plenty of other, you know what I mean? Like, how are you going to find people who are going to believe in you? So it's it's just, 
you're sort of like presenting yourself in, in that way where you're somebody people feel they can work with and, and get great, you know, work from and who actually cares what they're doing. So it's always been my philosophy. So you have a newsletter that people can sign up for and uh, hint, hint, we will have links to where you can sign up and get two free comics from Paul. But uh, do you talk about uh, screenwriting or comic book writing or anything in particular writing wise or production wise in your newsletter? Well, it, it's it's not really a newsletter. It's sort of like we're creating our community, um, you know, in regards to, you know, upcoming projects and, uh, you know, especially the novels that I'm, I'm writing. I teamed up with this, uh, another author, Orrin Nichols, and we're going to be writing uh, a bunch of novels together. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, and Orrin, actually Orrin's been writing a lot of like interesting blog posts about, you know, creating, I'm, I'm sort of like dipping my toe into it. It's, it's, you know, I was, it was sort of joking with Orrin that this is something definitely interested in doing, but I can only stretch myself so thin is in regards to writing comics, writing screenplays, writing novels, and also, you know, teaching classes. Um, but yes, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that is the idea is that I would like to be able to translate that into giving, giving advice. And I do try to do that. Cause like I said, I like to try to be a positive force in this industry. And um, I think there's so, I mean, I, I've had a great career. I mean, I really have. I've, I've you know, worked on some pretty amazing things and um, worked with some pretty amazing people, people who are like my idols growing up. I've had a chance to, you know, work with them, you know, and um, I think there's there's so much, and I'm such a huge fan of, you know, just movies in general. I mean, I'm always going to, you know, to see films and, or watching stuff on, you know, Blu-ray and my my office is I'm surrounded um, by like toys and models and, you know, um, creatures and, you know, all, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. So I'm still a big, you know, I'm a big geek, <laughs> especially sci-fi and horror. Cool. Well, we will have uh, links to where people can uh, sign up and uh, new, new, uh, listeners from Slice of Sci-Fi and Writers After Dark will be able to get uh, free digital copies. I think it's Discord number one and Hired Guns number one. So people can look forward to that. Uh, Paul, tell uh, tell us where people can check out the rest of your works. Uh, best thing would be definitely uh, check out my website. Um, at, it's just paulsalamoff.com. Um, you know, it's, it's a very... Uh, comprehensive like sort of the stuff i've done like you know there's a section of all the comics i've written a section for all the books uh, i've either written or been a part of um and uh, as well as like video game I, I worked in video games for a while like in video game marketing um so there's uh you know lots of links with there and then all the the movies i've worked on as either a producer or a uh, effects artist or writer or so forth so just give you sort of a a, a grand overview of, of uh, the type of projects I've worked on. And um, so that's the best way and, you know, to join my community and so forth. So paulsalamoff.com. I'm sure you'll have it in like the notes because my name is hard to spell. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll have, we'll have all those links there for uh, people to follow. But uh, again, today, thank you for your time, Paul, to share your, your insights and your passion for uh, comics and, and genre. Great. No, thank you for having me. I really, I really appreciate the support. And, um, you know, like I said, this is 
science fiction is for me, you know, the essence of it's, it's in my blood. And um, I, I don't know if we mentioned, you know, I, I directed a film called Encounter with Luke Hemsworth mm-hmm. um, that uh, if, if you're seeing this visually, I won a bunch of awards for, including uh, the Saturn Award for uh, Best uh, Independent Feature um and uh something very proud of and if you're a sci-fi fan you know please check out uh encounter as a matter of fact on my website there's a link you can even uh watch it um you can watch it free on the website but there's also um you know it's available on blu-ray and dvd and it's on like tubi and peacock and you know all sorts of all sorts of places uh amazon prime i believe um but yeah if you're a fan of like science fiction it's sort of um, you know, it's a thoughtful sci-fi, like stuff like Arrival, you know, that kind of, uh, that kind of movie. And like I said, it won multiple awards for it and has a great cast that includes, like I said, Luke Hemsworth, Anna Hutchinson, um, Tom Atkins, if you're a big, uh, John Carpenter fan. Um, and, um, I really, I think it really shows you who I sort of am as a, as a filmmaker and as a storyteller, you know, the type of stories I love to tell. And I think we have a link, or we, I can find a link to the interview we did about Encounter, I believe, oh, yes. um, yes. a while back. But uh, yeah, Tubi is becoming a new favorite of mine simply oh. because they are now uh, the, the current home, streaming home for Babylon 5. So yeah, oh, I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, but again, Paul, thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So I really, really appreciate it. And we'll be back with more Slices Sci-Fi right after this. Slice of Sci-Fi. Escape Pod, the free science fiction podcast brought to you by Escape Artists. I rippled a welcoming cadence of light beneath my skin and then... Seeing the newcomer was human made my best approximation of a smile. Welcome to Helixer Transgalactic Lounge. Each week, one story told well. She should have never come back to this God's forsaken junk heap of a space station. But she couldn't help but miss it when she was away for too long. From the most astonishing and visionary storytellers of the genre. But because time is a trick of the mind, it can be hacked. And we have gotten good at it. We had to. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on the web at escapepod.org. And on Patreon under EA Podcasts. Hi, I'm Sandal Ramamurthy from NBC's Reverie, and you are listening to Slice of Sci-Fi. And again, you can go to Paul's website, pauljsalamoff.com, and check out the various uh, graphic novels that he has out there. Hired Guns, Discord, Tales of Discord, uh, the Doctor Who bio... You can't call him a biopic because it's a graphic novel. Hmm. Anyway... Those are out there, along with the book he mentioned on the set... The Hidden Rules of Movie Making Etiquette, which is in its fourth edition, like he mentioned. Go check those out. And if you're curious, you can also hear his interview about the indie sci-fi movie Encounter 
that he made a few years back starring uh, Liam Hensworth. Uh, that link is on the show notes here, or just search sliceofsci-fi.com for Encounter. I think it's kind of uh, interesting to hear Paul talk about his experiences writing and producing and editing and directing the difficulties you can run into when adapting a story from one format to another it's uh it's something that fascinates me how does someone take a prose novel and convert it to a graphic novel how does someone take a graphic novel and convert it to a script, a screenplay for either a feature film or a pilot for uh, a TV series or a web series. That process intrigues me. It always has. Just, you know, converting a story from one format to another. Uh, Because you hear so many stories about people who've written novels that get optioned by Hollywood, be it uh, a full-fledged studio or a streamer, and 90% of the time, it doesn't sound like the person who wrote the original story, uh, be it a book or a graphic novel, doesn't get to do the adaptation to a screenplay. Sometimes they're not even allowed to be involved with the adaptation and I'm like how that's the source material the person who wrote that story is your most important source for the story if you have questions why cut them off I don't get it then again there's a lot about Hollywood we don't get these days (laughs) Um, I'm not going to go there. Life is too short, and uh, we don't have the time to expand upon that concept in this podcast. (laughs) And don't forget, you can get a couple of free digital comics if you head on over to Paul's website and sign up for his newsletter. You can follow the link from the show notes here and get that free digital swag. But what about you? What sort of stories do you want to see uh, adapted from one format to another? Is there a favorite comic series or uh, graphic novel one shot that you would love to see on TV. How about a book or uh, the, what is it? The, 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 all the rage these days seems to be making live action versions of well-established animation and anime. Um, not a fan so far. I mean, I would rather watch the animation. Maybe that's just me. 
And, you know, we have a precedent where beloved canceled series were continued in comics. You know, we have Buffy, we have Angel, we have Firefly. Uh, shoot, we even have uh, Aliens and Predator. There's more out there. There's more that should be out there. Hmm. I wonder if we could get uh, graphic novel conclusions to Stitchers or Dark Matter. Hmm. Anyway, how about you? If you have any questions or comments, feel free to call. The number is 602-635-6976 or shoot me an email, summer at sliceofsci-fi.com. You can also leave a comment in the discussion section on the website, sliceofsci-fi.com, or, you know, hit me up on Twitter with your questions, at sliceofsci-fi. You can listen to Slice of Sci-Fi on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Player FM, and iHeartRadio. And uh, if you're listening on Apple or Stitcher or through Podchaser, please feel free to leave us a review or a rating. Let other folks know that you are enjoying the show and maybe, just maybe, they should check it out for themselves. I'd like to thank everyone who is currently supporting Slice of Sci-Fi and all of the other podcasts and websites in the Slice of Sci-Fi universe. Your pledges through Patreon, your donations through PayPal really do help keep everything uh, online, all the digital bits flowing. So thank you. Uh, My appreciation, my gratitude goes out to everyone. If you would like to add your support, the place to go is patreon.com slash slice of sci-fi where you can pick a tier, any tier, and those folks who are patrons, your monthly pledge makes you eligible for perks. Uh, Every month I pick a winner out of the proverbial hat and that person gets to choose from book DVD, Blu-ray, 4K, materials that uh, I've received to do reviews for or interview previews for, and there's just so much of it, I can't keep it all. So, supporters, fans, and listeners, get first dibs at the good stuff. Again, that link is patreon.com slash slice of sci-fi. But if you're interested in just helping to support things without worrying about the, the free stuff, the link you can use is paypal.me slash sci-fi summer. You can also help out by purchasing items through sliceofsci-fi.net. All of the items there, books, movies, TV shows, are affiliate links. So any purchases made through there will help support our efforts here so thank you thank you for that and uh who knows maybe you'll find something classic that you forgot about or something new that you never knew about we try to curate uh sci-fi fantasy horror 
every now and then documentaries or nonfiction that relate to the science fiction entertainment we enjoy. For instance, I'm a big fan of the documentary Jodorowsky's Dune, which is a fascinating look at the adaptation that Alejandro Jodorowsky was preparing to do back in the 70s. Trust me, that documentary, the artwork alone is worth checking out in that. And yes, you can get it on Blu-ray. But that'll do it for this episode. Thank you all for listening. And we'll be back with more Slice of Sci-Fi next time. Take care. Mm-hmm.